Good evening and welcome to Expansion of Consciousness. I am your host, Jason Medlock. It is great to have you back with us again. Um, we've been having some outstanding guests on the show and it's been wonderful for me. It's been wonderful for the audience because I've heard you. I've heard some of the things that you've said in my email and uh, comments. And what we try to do is we try to bring business leaders, thought leaders, healers, uh, people who understand how to move you to the next level using consciousness. And the title of the show is Expansion of Consciousness. But that goes um, far and broad, you know, how to become a better you, uh, how to leave your job and move to a different area of expertise, uh, all while using your mind, all while being coached by some of the greatest coaches in the world. And speaking of coaches, we have Larry Roberts with us today. Larry's best described as a high energy and charismatic podcaster. He's a keynote speaker, a best-selling author, an international top-rated course creator with over 1,500 students in 51 countries. Larry has been in coaching and facilitating roles for more than 25 years um, in corporate environments, teaching martial arts and online course creation. Over the last years, Larry has grown to be one of the most highly sought-after podcasting coaches and content creators in the industry. Recently named to the podcast magazine Top 40 Over 40, Larry is also an editor-in-chief um, of one of the largest podcast industry newsletters, the Podfest Messenger. You can find him regularly speaking at industry events, participating in industry panels, and, in, and appearing on other podcasts. Without any further ado, we're going to bring the main guy on, Larry Roberts. And I know you like my intro because I, I I took a lot of, you know, I I prided myself on being excited about you, but I'm just joking <laughs> with you. How you doing, Larry? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and your audience. This is awesome. Yes. And, you know, we, we talk about a lot of conscious topics. We talk about, you know, meditating, manifesting, but all those things are used in the business arena. Sure. And people use that, those things, Larry, to advance their careers. And so I wanted to make sure I could bring, um, you know, different type of guests on that mesh in these concepts, but show you how to grow your brand, your business, or rebuild yourself. Yeah, and I think I've done all the above. So, you know, this, the story is is a rather lengthy one, uh, but it's very interesting. And I, I think the biggest thing is it's a demonstration of either maintaining or reestablishing that focus that got you to where you were going in the first place. And as I expand on the story a little bit, that'll that'll make more sense as we continue the conversation. I mean, let's dive into it. How'd you get started in podcasting? But you're more than just a podcaster, but but you figured out a way for people to become what they want to be. So but how'd you get started? Yeah, the biggest thing, especially from the podcasting space, I got started in podcasting back in 2014. So I was still somewhat in the early days, but not that early since podcasting really kicked off. Uh, I think the term was coined in 2004. So I was about 10 years late to the game. But even back in 2014, it was still such a small and, and, and kind of an independent type medium back then that it was still pretty easy to get in the game. Yes. And, you know, this kind of goes back to a little bit of what I was saying. I lost a lot of my focus 
throughout the early 2000s and actually went down and found myself uh, in, in a, a state of alcoholism. So oh, wow. what actually ended up happening was I went to rehab at the end of 2013, November 14th of 2013. I went into rehab for alcohol. And then I came back out uh, mid-January of the following year of 2014. And man, after spending a little over a decade, basically just in a haze of, <laughs> of, of drunkenness, right, in and out, um, I was kind of lost. I didn't really know what to do with myself. I, I couldn't really find a creative outlet or really just an outlet because again, now I've got this clarity again that I had so many years before. And with that clarity, it's just a feeling of, of just kind of loss. You know, you're just really at a loss of what to do with yourself. And I've always been a big fight fan, especially the ultimate fighting championship UFC Uh, back in the day, you know, I was teaching karate back in 93 when the UFC came to the United States for the very first time. And I, I just love mixed martial arts. And a friend of mine knew that I never, and to this day, I have never missed a UFC. We're on the 30th year of the organization. I've never missed a show in 30 years. Even while I was in rehab, I remember sitting out on the patio of the rehab facility watching the UFC on the TV. So even in there, I still managed to snag the show. But anyways, I, I digress. I, I was a big fan of the show and Joe Rogan, who happened yep. to be, you know, the number one podcaster on the planet. He also does commentary for the event. So a friend of mine goes, look, you already know who he is. Just check out his podcast. And I was like, bro, I don't have time for podcasts. Those are stupid. They're cheesy, blah, blah, blah. But I finally gave in and I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast and I was blown away at what I heard and it wasn't so much the, the the content, it was just the delivery mechanism and the freedom that they had, because, you know, I, I've always had a bit of a mouth on me <laughs> and that, that's why I had to learn how to fight. And, but <laughs> comedy's always been my thing, man. Even as a kid, uh, you know, I was born in 1972. So in the 80s, I was a teenager. Back in the 80s, we had some of the greatest comics of our lives uh, uh, ever. I mean, even if you look back to the early days, you got Pryor back then. You got Sam Kennison, George Carlin, Andrew Dice Clay. And if you start putting those names together, they all share in their approach to a certain degree to comedy, meaning they didn't hesitate to say exactly what they felt and say it however they wanted to, using as colorful of language as they wanted to as well. So when I listened to Joe Rogan, he had two comedians that were on there and they were telling jokes in a way that I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't heard comedy like this since the 80s. Yeah. And I said, if I can start a show and I can tell my kind of jokes, then this is for me, man. So I ran out, I snagged me literally the worst possible mic that you can buy for podcasting. And I started a show with my best friend's son, who was a, an open mic uh, comic here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And we started our show. It was a comedy podcast. And uh, we had no idea what we were doing. And honestly, we recorded that first episode. And, you know, we had this sense of freedom in our minds that we could say whatever we want and we could drop bombs here and there, right? And we listened back to her like, oh, my gosh, we kind of took this to the next level. Yes. <laughs> oh, <So> bad. <laughs> we were like, we can't release this. There's no way that we cannot release this to the public. So we ended up killing that and re-recording it with a with a few filters in place this time. And I mean, but it was still some filters. <laughs> still pretty edgy, but oh, yeah, yeah. the show evolved. We evolved as content creators. 
uh, we took the show to internet radio where here in the DFW Metroplex, there was a, 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 a an internet radio station and we joined that network. We went from their 30 some odd show up to their fifth show within six weeks uh, and on their charts. And it was interesting because even with our comedy show, they stuck us on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And we would literally go to the studio and the preacher that had his show at 930 would walk out of the studio. And then us with our brand of comedy would walk into the studio. So and that's what I was about to say. 10 a.m. on a Sunday. OK. <laughs> yeah, man. It was it's like we were destined to fail. But actually, we still did quite well because people could re-listen to it down the road. They didn't have to listen live. But uh, it ended up working out for us. And we actually ended up taking it to a live stage show. So we wrote we wrote a business plan out and we started pitching it to various clubs here in the North uh, North Texas area, North Dallas Metroplex area. And we finally found a club that was under brand new management and they were dying for talent. And they said, you know what? We'll give you a shot. So we ended up taking the show to a live stage show. And up until it was about three months ago when that club shut down and this was we took this uh, to the live stage show. It might have been early 15. So uh, from 2015, we'll say up to just a few months ago, it was still a stage show at that particular club. So uh, it, it became a staple of the club and actually it ended up evolving to the point where it was an open mic for comedians here in Dallas, Fort Worth. And at one point it was the largest open mic for comedians in DFW outside of a comedy club. So it did some really, really amazing things, helped launch some careers in the comedy space. And my co-host, he actually went on to tour with Eddie Griffin, and he had a residency at the New Sahara in Vegas okay. with Eddie Griffin, and it all started with the podcast. So it was pretty crazy. Yeah, pretty crazy stuff. So that is an interesting trick, um, you know, on how you got here today. Uh, yeah, because it's <laughs> awesome, man. That's It's interesting. That's the interesting uh, path to take. It, it it was quite the path to take. And and we got to keep in mind, at least from my perspective at the time, I was still in corporate America and yes. I, I worked for the same company for 21 years. Well, so, so, so how did you, how did you leave that job? Yeah. Well, that's kind of the kicker is that, okay. you know, they stuck with me through everything. They were an amazing company and they, I mean, they stuck with me through rehab. Uh, they supported me through all my alcoholic nonsense and through the rehab. And I was still with them after rehab. Uh, but that particular podcast, even the name was a bit of an innuendo. Mm -hmm. And there were some people in the office that were fans of the show and they were wearing our merch to work. And I may have been one of those people, too. Uh, but I eventually got that knock on my office door and said, come on down to HR. Let's have a ch chat. At and it does not represent our company values. And we need you to, to kill the show. So, so I ended up walking away from the show and giving it to, oh, okay. strictly over to my, my co-host. So I had to do something to save my career at the time because I wasn't ready to leave at that particular time. But I knew I still wanted to podcast. So mm -hmm. I started a new podcast and I just continued down and I kept it, I kept it clean. I actually it evolved over the years into a variety of different formats. And when I was looking for something to do. Uh, I decided to start talking about recovery stories and I was interviewing people that had gone through their own addictions and had yeah. entered into their own recovery. But I, I at the time, I, I think it just ended up being a little too raw for me in, in the fact that it wasn't too long after my own recovery had taken place that I was reliving these stories. So it, it got to where that really wasn't resonating with me as an individual. Well, since you're there, how did you recover from your alcoholism? 
Well, my, mine's a little bit different, uh, right. and and because a lot of people and most people they talk about their their post alcohol life or, or, or lifestyle as a recovering alcoholic, mm-hmm. and for me personally, and again, this is just me personally, uh, I don't I can't function that way. Yes, I, I have to function with there was a time that time ended and now we're, we're on to, to different things. And so I refer to myself as a recovered alcoholic because I got sober in 2014 and I've been sober ever since. So that to me, I'm not recovering. I'm recovered. It's over. Right. Uh, so for me personally, I went to rehab, uh, did my thing there. I did seven weeks. It was scheduled for six. But at the end of the six weeks, I wasn't really ready to transition back out into the world. So after a long discussion with my wife, we decided for me to stay one more week. And I don't know if that week made all the difference in the world or not, but apparently it helped because at the end of that week, I felt more prepared to go back out into the world and start looking at at life through this new clear lens once again. You know how we look at rehab and people think you got to go to rehab and go through all this, these uh, pep talks. Well, rehab is the, is the undercover word for coaching and reprogramming the kind of the same thing we do as coaches we sure you know it's the same thing so i i i i uh, really applaud that well I, I appreciate that and again yes. i don't pass judgment on anybody that handles it any other way yes um but i have never gone to post rehab meetings or uh, me personally right. aa is just not my jam right uh, it definitely works for others yes but again for me it, i had an end and it was over and I, I needed to reach that goal and move on to the next next phase of life and that was how i handled it personally um but again I, that doesn't work for everybody but uh it, it was it was my my approach and it seems to have worked for me um go ahead so you so so you finally uh figured out uh, how you were going to leave your job. I know yeah. you couldn't leave it first, but then now you figured that thing out. Let's go there. Yeah. So cycling back to, I started the secondary, uh, the, the podcast and with that podcast, it evolved into an entrepreneur type show. So I was interviewing mm-hmm. business owners and event promoters and just anybody that had a, 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 a success story per se to share. And in doing that, I started creating relationships with people that were literally putting on virtual events. And uh, it it opened up opportunities for me to participate in these virtual events. And I started speaking a little bit on virtual stages. And over the years, those virtual stages started turning into live stages. And then those live stages started turning into bigger stages and bigger stages. And throughout all of that, relationships were also being built. Hmm. But uh, in 2017, I started my company. My company is still named Readily Random Media. That's the name of my LLC. I do business as Red Hat Media because we can talk about branding here in a minute. And I can and tell I you know that because I, I'm, I made sure you knew I, I drunk, I'm drinking out of a red coffee cup today. And <laughs> it's on purpose you. because Larry uh, was going to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Uh, but I, just yeah, so, a, I just need a hat right here. That's all. Well, I can hook you up. I can hook <laughs> okay. you up. So most definitely. I got a big supply of them right behind me here. Yes, sir. But we started that second podcast and things evolved. And I saw the opportunity. Uh, in podcasting, and I'd always been kind of a tinkerer. I've always had a side hustle. You know, I mean, yes. I had my own karate school back in the day, back in the early 2000s. Uh, I owned a swimming pool company that I started from scratch where I had a maintenance route and I'd go through and clean pools. And I had guys that were doing the all that fun stuff. So I've always had a side hustle, whether it be eBay or you name it, man. I always had something go where I was making some money on the side. Um, and my swimming pool business, it had gotten to the point where it was so big that I had to either leave my corporate position and do it full time 
or sell the business. And back then, I, it was around 2007, I didn't quite have the, uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. I, I did not have the internal fortitude to take that step and, and, and let go of that security blanket of that check every two weeks because it was a pretty sweet check. So uh, I ended up selling that business. But this time around with podcasting, it, it did so much for me. I knew that it could do something similar for others. So I started Readily Random Media. And my goal there was to help others start podcasts. And that was actually how I kind of got my foot in the door. And in, in doing that and doing the, the virtual presentations and then the speaking from stage, that built those relationships up. And just in time, I finally found myself in the position on January 4th of 2021 to walk away from that six-figure, 21-year career at that company to do this full time. Now, it wasn't just that I was ready to do that. There was a lot of planning that went into that as well. And this is yes. the side of the story that a lot of people don't like to tell because they want you to think that, man, I got so big so fast that I was able to walk away from that six-figure salary and now I'm crushing it. Right. And <laughs> You and, can do it too. <laughs> yeah, you can do it tomorrow. Just go do it. Put in that two-week notice right now. Right. And that is not my story. That is not my message. <laughs> it, what I ended up doing there was there was a lot of pre-planning that, that went into it. And, you know, this kind of goes back to the, the post-rehab situation as well. Um, while the company that I mentioned that I worked for, they supported me through all that, I had done tremendous damage to my career. Hmm. Because while they uh, still kept me at the company, my progression within the company was now dead. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to move up the ladder. I wasn't going to change positions. I wasn't going to do anything ever again as far as progression went. And that's a little disheartening. Now, I could have sat there for the next 20 years and done the same thing and just went to work and did my thing. And, <laughs> and I just could not make myself do it. So my wife and I, we started talking about it a couple of years before actually pulling the trigger and stepping out. And, I mean, we, we planned it. We, we put together a budget. We put together a plan. We paid off all our debt. We paid off all our cars. And by paid off all our cars, I mean that I sold mine. So we, we're, we're a one-car family here. Mm -hmm. And it was all by design. You know, we, we paid off all of our credit card debt. And I couldn't mm. do this until we were financially in a place that gave me the opportunity to spend a year or two establishing myself in the industry. And now don't get me wrong. I had taken some steps prior to establishing myself, but I mean, really establishing an income from it that supports me day to day, that supports my wife day to day, that keeps this house functioning day to day. So that's the steps that you typically don't hear about behind the scenes. And mm. all of that was absolutely critical, not just that planning, but also the support the support that my wife provided, the understanding that, you know, there might be months where I, 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 I make $500, you know, <laughs> you right. know, because the life of an entrepreneur is glamorous as they try to make it seem on Facebook and Instagram. It, it's a very cyclical life. I'm a so, career entrepreneur. So, uh, you know, more podcasting, uh, a career entrepreneur. So I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't get that. You never know, have had a corporate job. 
Wow, that's amazing. Because yeah. see, I again, you know, going back, I always had the corporate. I didn't always. I did the whole karate thing for a long time. Then I went, oh, I got to get a real job. So uh, <laughs> once I bankrupted <laughs> my karate school, so uh, <laughs> so I, I jumped into corporate there, and I was in corporate for about twenty five years. I started at Texas Instruments, spent three and a half, four years there. Then I jumped over to this other company that I was with for the twenty one years. And I'm intentionally not mentioning their names because my wife yeah. still works there. And we actually met my wife at the company and I've still got tremendous relationships with people at the company, but I, I don't want to drag them into my story because they may not appreciate that. Um, but again, it all goes back to the support structure and the planning that's involved before you can make those steps. And anybody I believe can do it, but it just depends on the sacrifices that you're willing to make up front and the planning that you're willing to do to make it happen. And it, it, I, I just, I hate seeing those stories and, and hearing these other coaches and gurus that go, just walk away from your corporate career. You can do it tomorrow <laughs> because that is a load of nonsense and you can't necessarily do it tomorrow. So I like to pivot a little bit. Sure. Uh, we know that um, I mean, you're an expert at this. Uh, you have clients all over the world yes. and you've done great at it and you've done it the right way in re in regards to disengaging from the corporate job and carefully planning. So people want to do the podcast for a reason, Larry. So my question would be how important is it that you, I mean, how important is the personal branding? I mean, it, people are doing it to be branded. So, but how important is that as you move along in your career? Oh, it's absolutely critical. We have to, especially today, set ourselves apart from all of the other messaging that we're constantly being bombarded with. I mean, if we look at Facebook, we look at Instagram, we look at LinkedIn, I mean, LinkedIn mm. especially, I mean, you're getting those DMs every day mm. of someone trying to pitch you on DM, uh, uh, in your DMs on LinkedIn. Yes. And we have to find a way to stand out so that our message resonates with our ideal audience. A podcast is a great way to do that. But right now we're also seeing that the, even the podcast market, and yeah. some people are going to take offense to this, the podcast market is slightly flooded right now. Yes. And the reason for that is, it, well, there's a couple of different reasons, but the primary reason that we're seeing right now is we're kind of in a and some people don't like this term either, post-COVID type scenario. Life is getting back to what we consider the old way of normalcy. People are going back to the office. Everybody's engaging again in public events. And the what I like to call COVID creator phase is over. Yes. <laughs> but the COVID creator phase also just completely flooded the market with millions of podcasts that are one to seven episodes sitting out there that people started and then stopped giving any attention to because they weren't overnight successes or those they had those Joe Rogan delusions of grandeur that I like to allude to. They think they're going to start a show and poof, overnight, they're going to be a superstar. It's not, it's not like that. Mm -mm. And it's not like that at all. But a lot of people, they think that and when they get started and they see that that's not the case, they go, oh. Maybe this podcast thing ain't for me after all. <laughs> so what we've seen there is not just a flooding of the market itself, but we're also seeing a bit of, of podcast saturation in the consumer side. So, you know, everybody has a podcast and as consumers are like, okay, yeah, you've got a podcast, whatever. So that's where it's absolutely critical that we bring in an angle or we bring in a personal brand 
to differentiate ourselves and stand out in that flood of millions of other podcasters that are there. So and go ahead. No, I'm just saying. So then how can someone brand themselves effectively? I mean, what what do they need to do? Yeah, well, they need to they need to be first and foremost identifiable. I, I got just lucky. The red hat is an accident that was a glorious accident that just <laughs> happened. And and while the the red hat is what makes me recognizable. A lot of people know the red hat guy in the podcast industry. They may not even know my name, but they know the red hat guy knows podcasting. So that has helped me tremendously. But the red hat is not my brand. Mm -hmm. The red hat is just an identifier. It's kind of a logo. It's kind of like a live, a real life logo for me right. that I wear literally everywhere. But my logo isn't my brand. My brand is my message. My brand is the action that I take to support that message. My brand is how I interact with my audience and my customers and my clients. And it's the way that I interact with my customers and my clients. It's the fact that I know who my ideal audience is. It's the fact that my messaging is clear. If people look at my website, which right now is under development because the Red Hat brand is taking over, uh, if they go to look at my new website, my messaging is going to be 100% clear. They're not going to look at that and go, I don't really know what this guy does. <laughs> or they're not going to look at my YouTube channel or my social media and wonder, what does this person do? So that's absolutely critical to establishing that brand. And once people know that, I can't stress this enough, it's how you provide your services. It's how you provide that attention to your clients, that attention to detail. And it's everything. It's not just a red hat. It's everything that's under the brim as well. Mm. Well, okay. So my next question is, so um, if anybody could do it, then everybody would do it. But there has to be some type of character traits, um, you know, of being a brand. Um, I mean, what do you feel that would be? Because, you know, like you said, there are a million podcasts out there. But yeah. You have to have a level of traits of being a brand. Sure. And, and, and a lot of it's, it's, well, not a lot. The vast majority, probably 99% is all mental. Mm. It's all a mental attitude. It's, it's, do you have the resiliency to stick with it? You know, all those podcasters out there, most of them, we won't say all, but most had the potential to reach their audience, but they didn't have the self-discipline to maintain a consistent schedule. They didn't have the self-discipline to even identify who that audience is. They didn't take the steps necessary to establish and build a brand. Again, it goes back to when we see stuff, especially on social media, it makes you think you can just take this action and boom, you're there. And it's not. One of the things that I focus on with my clients first and foremost is building a strategy behind why you're even starting a podcast. So if you're going to start a podcast, you have to do certain steps to even lay the foundation. Yeah. And one of the things that I do there is we do a deep dive into why you're starting the podcast and we leverage that deep dive to write the description of our podcast. A lot of people don't realize that Apple Podcasts, and I'm kind of getting in the end of the weeds here as far as podcasting goes, but it kind of sets that example because this exercise that I do, it doesn't just serve for writing the description of the podcast, but, and I'll expand on it, but Apple Podcasts allows you 4,000 characters 
to write out your description of your podcast. And that 4,000 characters usually translates to about 2,500 words. Mm. 2,500 words is a very, very long description for a podcast. Most people aren't going to read it, and that's not why we go through the exercise of writing it. We go through the exercise of writing it so that you as the creator have a very, very thorough understanding of why you're starting the podcast. And we say that in the description. What's the value or the listening proposition behind this podcast? We use that exercise to define the audience of our podcast. We tell people exactly who they are that needs to listen to this show in that description. So not only do potential listeners know, we know. And mm -hmm. so many creators can't tell you that. You know, they start a show that they because of something that they love. They have a topic that they love. Great, you're doing it for you, and that's awesome. Podcasts are designed to be for you as the creator as well. But if you've got certain goals and you've got certain aspirations for this show to reach a broader audience or to build a business around or to find clients for your existing business, then we have to structure that a little bit differently. And we have to know inside and out why we're doing the show, who we're doing it for, and what that listing proposition is for those potential listeners. Once we establish that, we build everything out of uh, everything else of the podcast around that description and around that foundation. You know, it, oh. it's go ahead. No, no I'm oh, just, I can just I can just preach. I'm so <laughs> I'm so sorry. So, go so, ahead, man. So, so these podcasts are a thing of the now and of you know of the future, um, and obviously. You know, people do them because they they feel that it can help them grow their brand, grow their business. Right. What's your take on that? No, they they one hundred percent can, but you have to lay the foundation first, and that's kind of where I was going there. Sure. Was that the, writing that description is like building the foundation? You know, if we think back to that old parable about building our house on the sand or building our house on the rocks, if we build our podcast basically on sand, it's going to get washed away. It's going to get caught in all the other podcasts that are out there because it doesn't have any legs to stand on. It doesn't have a foundation to be built on. But if you do that homework ahead of time, you know who your audience is. You are consistent with your messaging, your consistency. You're consistent with the length of your content, with the input into the content, with the, the, the quality of the content. If you're consistent across the board and you've got that solid foundation, you can build all of that directly from that. But you got to do that homework and lay that foundation first. Hmm. Okay, let, let, let's talk about uh, Red Hat Media and, you know, walk us through it so that the so that the audience understands exactly uh, when they come visit your website, uh, what's going on there. Yeah, and I want to stress again that redhatmedia.io, that is my website, and it is right now under construction. Actually, that phone call I mentioned earlier when you and I were behind the scenes, right. Yes, I was talking to my web designer. Like, hurry you up, hey, get, get it done. <laughs> So at Red Hat Media, we primarily focus on launching podcasts for brands, businesses, and organizations. Uh, and we do that because we take the steps that I was describing there to make sure that you have a solid foundation to build on for your podcast, and it will help you achieve whatever your marketing goals are. Today, podcasts are literally just an arm of just about any marketing budget for any company. You, you typically have to have it. Your consumers, your clients, your customers they're looking to connect with you on a different level. Yes. And a podcast allows you to do that. It allows you to give your clients some, some insight behind the scenes. It, it lets you tell your brand story. It lets you convey your messaging on a consistent and regular basis. It's super helpful because it also keeps you top of mind 
whenever a listener thinks, oh, I need to do X. I need help with my social media. So if you have a social media company and you have a podcast that they consume regularly, guess what? They're probably going to come to you first. Yes. Uh, Subject Brandon, matter expert. Exactly. You're yes. the subject matter expert, and that's what a podcast allows you to do. It allows you to demonstrate that expertise on a regular basis. There's no other platform out there that allows you to show up once, twice, three, however often you could consistently show up and demonstrate your expertise in your market. There's just no other place to do it. You know, used to we would use traditional radio to do that. And then occasionally people would have shows maybe once a week or something and show up maybe on public access radio or public access television. But that was never consumed at the level that podcasts are consumed on. Just in 2022, over 177 million people had said, yes, I've listened to a podcast this year. Wow. A hundred, that's over half the country. And we're just talking the United States. Imagine if we created our content in multiple languages. And now we've got technology like AI with ChatGPT and other transcription services and other translation services where we could literally translate our content and start distributing it out internationally. And that's where the industry is going uh, uh, over the next few years. Uh, 100%. Hundred mm. percent. You know, I mean, we just saw ChatGPT, and I, I almost can't go on a podcast and not mention ChatGPT because it's just been—I've been so obsessed with it. And I just spoke about it at PodFest a couple of weeks ago. Next week, I'm going to be in San Antonio at an automotive dealership conference talking about ChatGPT and leveraging AI for our content generation. And it's—it's—it's it's, it's literally reshaping the industry as we know it. I mean, we just started having access to it in November of last year. So here we are three months into the this exercise, this basically revolution that we're experiencing right now. And I'm already seeing how these types of tools are going to take our content creation to the next level. It's going to open up opportunities for other creators to create higher quality content. It's going to allow us to take our content literally from, from audio only, which is traditionally the definition of a podcast, yes. to, to video. I mean, we see YouTube now. They're coming into the scene. They've got YouTube.com slash podcast. So they have a specific podcasting URL. YouTube just announced a couple of weeks ago they're going to start supporting RSS feeds. So you can start hosting your podcast on YouTube. No longer are you going to need a Podbean or a Libsyn or uh, even a Spotify or a StreamYard. Yeah. Yeah, wh whoever you use, you can start hosting it directly on YouTube, which wow. is an amazing opportunity. So all of these changes and all of these evolution of the industry are taking place right now, and it's changing at an exponential rate. So when I talk about the podcast space being saturated, it's saturated with lower quality content. I'm trying to choose my words carefully there. I don't want to insult anybody, but it, it's it's saturated with content that was started under certain conditions that have expired and people are getting away from that content. So where we think it's saturated and where consumers feel like it's saturated, we still have the opportunity as creators to get into this market and establish ourselves, establish our brand and start reaching a larger number of clients and a much, much larger audience. You have blown my mind. Obviously, I'm a podcaster, too. And um, I use my platform to just remind people that consciousness is everywhere. And consciousness is in everything that we do. Recovering from an addiction, getting that new job, uh, understanding how to um, you know, 
learn this new manual that's 400 pages and you have to know it and you have to know it in three weeks. There are techniques out there um, that metaphysical techniques that you can use. So I try to broaden this thing out. And that's exactly why I wanted you on the show and more business minded people, because, you know, we have a lot of hypnotists and healers and astro travelers and people are curious on what type of abilities they possess from within. But what they have failed to do is how do I use it in my everyday life? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, I mean, going back to my martial arts days when I was very actively involved in martial arts, I was in, in karate and teaching for over 20 years. And using meditation and focus and, you know, in, in certain disciplines, they call it chi. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing to see some of the things that I was able to accomplish that I know if I didn't have the same mindset, I wouldn't have been able to see. I knew, I knew behind all of that stuff, all the smarts and the genius that you have behind that you were doing inner work. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And, 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 and even though I, I still say from time to time that I don't feel like I've ever gotten back to you know, if I was to think back to where I was at my peak in martial arts, I, I used to compete at 155 pounds and now I'm about 240. So a few years have passed. But <laughs> but back then I was, uh, like I said, about a buck 55 is where I competed. And I was also heavy into breaking. So, you know, like brick breaking and that sort of thing. And at my peak, I was able to go through two and a quarter feet of concrete. That was my biggest break. It was 12 slabs uh, of, of, of gardening bricks. And at 155 pounds, I had to stand on additional bricks just to be able to reach the top of the stack. This thing was massive, but I was still at that weight because of the way that I was able to channel and the way I was able to focus, I was still able to pull that break off. Mm. And there were other things that I was doing too back in the day that I just know that I would not have been able to, even in, in competition, you know, you can go, you got to go into a place when you compete, especially when you're in a ring and somebody's coming to take your head off. And you know that <laughs> you got to go to a safe place and you got to go to a focused place. And that level of, of mental acuity is, is very difficult to maintain on a consistent basis. And I lost that throughout those years of alcohol abuse. Yes. And it, and while I still don't believe I've gotten back to that peak that I was at, I know that it's played an instrumental part in being able to focus on what I'm doing and, and make the strides that I've made in the very short amount of time that I've been doing it. I mean, I went from an unknown speaker in the space in, three years ago to starting on those virtual stages. And now I'm speaking on the biggest stages in the industry. And that's, that's a hockey stick growth pattern. I mean, it's just, you know, it's flat line and then boom, it just takes off. If I wasn't able to focus and I wasn't able to leverage that to maintain a constant state of awareness and growth, I don't believe I would be where I'm at today. I wouldn't be on this podcast right now talking to you. So I, I have to concur with everything that you said there. And, and while I don't typically take it from a, uh, from a, a spiritual context or even a meditative context, I think it's just a different perspective on the same thought patterns or thought process. Um, and and I, I, it'd be interesting to have an offline conversation with you to see if I, I can get my wording straight there. Because We're going to have an offline conversation. We're going to have a meeting on your calendar. We're going to have all of that. 
<laughs> but 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 Lair, we we're running out of time. You know how those YouTube algorithms work. Yes, yes, and they yes, won't sorry. watch us if we go fifty minutes and no like that. But <clears throat> can you give the audience something um, to consider before you get out of here? Yeah, I would just consider that if you are going to start a podcast, and I know there's a lot of people out there that are listening or watching right now that do want their own podcast if they don't if they don't already have one. Put in the work ahead of time. You know, develop a strategy. It's just like everything else in life. We have to have a plan. If, if we fail to plan, then we essentially plan to fail for being cheesy there with that little statement. But it's a fact. So regardless of what you're wanting to do, if you're wanting to reach a bigger audience, take the time ahead of time, put together a plan, come at it from a strategic perspective, and you'll be able to reach wherever you want to reach. Absolutely. Outstanding. Stan, I'm going to put you in the back office. Stay there. I want to say a few more words to you. Let me just cool. close this out with the audience. Wow. <laughs> Outstanding, um, Mr. Larry Roberts. And when you think about what he's saying, there's so many of us that are looking to um, extend our message, uh, uh, you know, in cyberspace, you know, on podcasts and leveraging podcasts to grow your brand and to grow your business is the way to go. Use Larry. Hands down. Um, um, he has an incredible wealth of knowledge. Um, you can use this tool um, um, for entrepreneurship um, and to just grow your practice or whatever you're trying to do. Switching from corporate America to an entrepreneur and you're in your 50s, your middle age, and it's scary, but Larry has done it. I want to thank you for listening to us, for giving us a chance here at Expansion to Consciousness. And we understand that you could listen to any other podcast, but understand when you come here, this is this is everything that's happening in your everyday life. And how do you use the tools that God has given you inside? How do you use the abilities that we have within expanding your consciousness, moving in different directions and get the right person to help you the right coach? And I believe that's Larry. Roberts, if you're looking at podcasting and just coaching on how to scale a business. Thank you very much. Hit subscribe on our YouTube ch uh, channel at Expansion of Consciousness and hit like for us. And this is how we grow our brand and this is how we grow the show. Thank you very much and God bless. Good night. <laughs>